Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Torah study. I'm Pastor Scott Sigmund, and uh, we want to welcome you to our annual Rosh Hashanah service this morning. Happy New Year! Amen. And uh, so this morning uh, in uh, Torah study and then in the main service, we're going to get into some different things on uh, what Rosh Hashanah is all about. And this morning I want to do a little teaching on Rosh Hashanah and Bible prophecy. We're living in the last days. Amen. You look around and you go, oh my gosh, everything that the Bible talks about is unfolding right before our eyes. And so we realize these are prophetic times, aren't they? And uh, there's many signs that the Lord uh, is about to return. We see the birth pangs. Uh, uh, These are the beginnings of sorrows, the Bible says. And they're a prelude to the return of the Messiah. And, uh, And so during Rosh Hashanah, which is called the Feast of Trumpets, uh, there's a huge connection because the, the trumpet in biblical terms is the shofar. Uh, we love to say shofar so good. But the shofar is God's alarm clock. Uh, and there's times in our lives where we need to be awakened from any spiritual slumber. We don't want to miss what God is about to do. Can I get an amen? amen? And so the shofar calls us to be ready, to be prepared. It, it, it does many things, but that's a big thing. And, uh, you know, back in the 80s when we got saved, we were all singing the song, Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Well, that comes from the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2 speaks of that. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm. Because the day of the Lord is coming. And uh, the last thing in the world you want to do when the day of the Lord hits is to be unprepared. To be as the uh, uh, country group is called, asleep at the wheel. (laughs) And so, one of the signs we shouldn't overlook in studying Bible prophecy, end time uh, teaching, uh, are how the biblical holidays connect with Bible prophecy, with God's master plan of redemption. And uh, if, if you've been with Pastor Larry on TV, I think uh, in the last week or two, he put up the big Bible prophecy flow chart and was talking about how each holiday related to a unique event that had to do with God's plan of salvation, deliverance, redemption, and the Messiah. 
Uh, I, for one, you know, af- after uh, spending a few years in Bible college, graduated valedictorian, and uh, came out of the world, came out of serving the devil, and just was so addicted to Jesus. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. When I got saved, I didn't lose that addiction. I just gave it to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to be addicted to you. And uh, but I wish in Bible college in the uh, uh, the first church in Seattle where we got saved, uh, I wish uh, uh, we we would have learned more about uh, the Bible holidays. Uh, I wish they had held uh, a more uh, prominent spiritual place in our doctrine and theology in Christianity. Uh, obviously, the Bible holidays w- wasn't uh, just God's uh, busy work scheme to keep the Jews busy with stupid rituals so that they would uh, uh, could whittle the time away. Uh, it wasn't some sort of legalistic plan that God, aha! Now that I brought you out of Egypt and out of bondage and I'm going to bring you into the promised land, I'm going to teach you how to be legalistic, mechanical, and really you don't have to worry about having a heart for this. Just do it whether you like it or not. Well, obviously that's not God's plan. God is a good God. Someone say all the time. He is a gracious Father. Yeah, and even though the sound of the trumpet signals judgment, all judgment doesn't have to be bad. There can be a good judgment rendered on you. I judge a good judgment on us today because we've been about our Father's business. Anybody resemble that? You've been about your Father's business. Amen. And so each festival that God ordained, you can read Leviticus 23, is a holy day. And there's revelation. And the Holy Ghost will help you. And Pastor Larry, hopefully what we teach here in Torah study, will help you connect some dots. Amen. Uh, And uh, just like Christmas, just like Easter, which uh, the holiday formerly known as Easter, now known as Resurrection Sunday, uh, those are part of God's plan of salvation. So is Rosh Hashanah. So is Yom Kippur. So is the Feast of Tabernacles and Passover and Pentecost. And there's others that we won't name right now. But as we get ready tonight to welcome in Rosh Hashanah, you can, if you like, you can light the candles in the ancient biblical and Jewish tradition and just welcome this appointed time in. It's important to understand that just like Passover was symbolic of the Passover lamb, just like Pentecost, Shavuot, was symbolic of the giving of uh, the Word, the Holy Spirit, Uh, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, is symbolic of the rapture of the church. Uh, And obviously, the rapture is one of the most amazing promises in all the Bible. That we would be raptured and forever be with the Lord? I like the sound of that. That day is coming. 
But it's almost incomprehensible. I mean, how does all this work? What's going to happen? How quick does it take? Is it in alphabetical order? Or do we all go at the same time? You know, uh, and then what are the people that are left behind? What are they thinking? How do they explain that? But the rapture should be seen as the fulfillment of God's promise of salvation. Now, it, 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 some uh, are going to perish uh, before the rapture happens, but they're still going to be resurrected uh, and meet the Lord in the air. Uh, I believe, many Bible experts believe, we are in the last... It's 11.59, and the clock is about to strike 12. And, uh, and so uh, it's likely that we're going to be alive uh, when uh, the rapture happens. Uh, and uh, as I'm pointing out, it's a resurrection. The rapture is a resurrection. That we're resurrected out of this world, out of this mortal body, into eternity, into mortality, to forever be with the Lord. Amazing grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, it'll be like we just begun. And so, uh, when you look at 1 Thessalonians, you can turn over there if you brought your Bible, 1 Thessalonians 4. I want to read the, uh, one of the uh, amazing rapture scriptures, reconnect you to this. Uh, this is from uh, the Passion Translation that used to be in Bible Gateway, and then they removed it for some reason, but I still have it in my notes. This says, First uh, Thessalonians 4.15, This is the word of the Lord. We who are alive in Him and remain on earth when the Lord appears will by no means have an advantage over those who already have died. For both will rise together. There's that resurrection theme. Verse 16, For the Lord Himself will appear with the declaration of victory, the shout of the archangel, and the trumpet or shofar blast of God. He, the Lord, will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. Hallelujah. Then we who are alive will join them, transported together in clouds to have an encounter with the Lord in the air. And we will be forever joined with the Lord. So encourage one another with these truths. Hallelujah. Someone say amen today. That's our future. That's our destiny. Who's glad about that? Say amen. So just like the Christmas story is the appearing of the Lord as a baby born in Bethlehem, destined to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, or how the Passover story reveals the Messiah as the Lamb of God, the Feast of Trumpets is the story of the appearing of the Lord at the end of the age. Right? It's the people of God being raptured or caught away into their eternal destiny. 
Amen? That's why we just can't live life just chasing material things. We need to be spiritual people having a earthly experience. Amen? And not just material people like Madonna having trying to have a Kabbalah experience. <laughs> okay, maybe you didn't read that about Madonna. <laughs> so anyway, the big picture takeaway is that all the spring holidays at the Lord's first coming. Okay? Then... Now we're in the fall season. The fall feasts are all unfolding. And they represent the various aspects of the second coming. Uh, The second coming has two parts. Number one, it has the rapture. And then seven years later, we have uh, the coming of the Lord here to earth, reestablishing His kingdom here on earth, and we'll rule and reign with Him for a thousand years. The millennial reign of Christ. It's the Sabbath millennium. The thousand year Sabbath millennium. And we are right there, folks. So, uh, how many of you are living your life like Jesus could come at any time? I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Good choice. Each of the fall holidays, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, all occur in the biblical month of seven, the seventh biblical month. Now, it is the new year, but, you know, like America has a couple new, there's a new school year, a new fiscal year, uh, there's New Year's uh, on January 1st, and uh, it used to be, that's a recent phenomenon, if you didn't know, back in Middle Ages, the new year was celebrated in March in conjunction with Easter. Think about that. So, yeah, there's a a number of... uh, uh, of New Year's, but uh, each of these uh, biblical holidays occur in the seventh month of Tishrei, which means beginning, or to begin. That's what the Hebrew month Tishrei means. And so right now we're in a divine moment, an appointed time, God calls it. And He wants, for those that have ears to hear and eyes to see, birth a new beginning. Is your life over? No hope? No future? No destiny? Nowhere to turn? Just ride things out? Be miserable until Jesus comes? Or is God a good God and He loves to give His people a fresh start, a clean slate, and a new beginning? And that can be rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And so on God's divine calendar, this is that time. Of rinsing, let's wash away the past, Lord. Forgive me of every sin. Break every curse. Remove every obstacle. Give me a new resolve and a new beginning to press on and press forward. Anybody want that in their lives? Say amen. Enter into that by faith. And so Rosh Hashanah means head of the year. 
It's the Feast of Trumpets, but it also means head of the year because it's believed that God created the world on Rosh Hashanah. That comes from ancient Jewish wisdom. And so I believe I'm expecting, does anybody get your face turned on? Do you kind of fan the flame in your life when you come to church and, uh, and try to gin up and generate the power of God in your life more than just being stoic? There's more expressions and more attitude than a stoic one. We can be on fire for God. I got a couple amens. Can I get a couple amens over here? Here an amen, there an amen, everywhere an amen. God's about to recreate our destiny if we'll go for it. I'm all in, Lord. Right? Those of you that go to Windstar, I'm all in. Here's my t- I'm all in. I just see the commercials on TV. They look happy. But here's here's the fascinating thing. If the rapture doesn't happen on Rosh Hashanah, which is the ultimate change of destiny, you talk about change of destiny, being raptured and, and receiving an immortal body. You go from corruptible to incorruptible, from uh, mortality to immortality, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15. That's the ultimate change in destiny. Uh, but if that all doesn't occur on Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, something powerful is still scheduled to happen. We just were never taught in Christianity, right? We were taught those are old things. They've passed away, no good, cock up. Where's the yuck stickers? But for those of us that realize we're Judeo-Christians, that all of God's Word is inspired, Not just beginning in Matthew, but beginning in Genesis. All God's Word is inspired. God didn't send Jesus as a giant eraser. (laughs) We need to erase this big mistake we've made, Jesus. No. He, uh, uh, He brought Jesus to show us how to take it to the next level. And so I believe we're entering into a period of sustained blessing. Because the Bible says we're going out with a shout. We're going out a glorious church. Manifesting all the promises of God. Well, not everybody's going to fit that description, and everyone's at different levels on the, the ladder of spiritual success, but our hearts are united that I know the direction I'm going. I'm all in with the Lord. I believe the Bible. I believe His promises, and I want to see those things manifesting at higher and higher levels, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, the Bible says. And so the blessing comes not just so we can spend it all on ourselves. Boy, I'm going to make uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon rich with this blessing. (laughs) Okay to, to spend some time on Prime, but, you know, some people are spending every last penny on Amazon. And then when Sunday comes and they come to church, they've got, well, uh, $2. 
Well, let's see. Let me reach in my pocket. Okay, God, <laughs> I got $2. No, you need to reverse that mentality, right? And you need to be believing, you know what, Lord? I'm going to increase this year my charitable giving. I'm going to be uh, uh, more of an influence this year than I was last year. And I'm going to make the world a better place as much as I can, as often as I can, and be about my Father's business. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the sound of the shofar says the King is coming. And it's also, as we mentioned earlier, it's God's alarm clock. And if we've kind of been about the world's business and forgot about Father's business, Lord, help me to shift through my priorities and change some things and get the right priorities. God first. Family second. Football third. No, uh, Why is the king coming? Judgment. Judgment. God is a God of love, but He's also a God of judgment. You can't just say, well, God is a God of love, so I can live any way. I can live like the devil and still make heaven my home. Mm, I wouldn't roll the dice on that one, folks. And so a lot of churches that have abandoned Bible principles, right, they're thinking I can have any kind of alternative lifestyle I want and I'm still good with God because He's a God of love. He's also a God of judgment. Right? And so love happens, but judgment happens. And the King is coming. And for the saints, judgment includes a good thing. It's the rapture. I've been judged good. (laughs) Hallelujah. But for the sinner, not so much. They're going to be left behind. And they're going to have to go through a great tribulation. Uh, Some teach seven years. I believe it's a seven-year tribulation. uh, And the rapture happens before all the, the bad stuff starts. But some believe it's a mid-trib, halfway through before the Antichrist is revealed. Then, you know, whatever way, we're going to be forever with the Lord. But for the sinner, it's an awful judgment for those who have rejected and rebelled the things of God. So if it's not the final judgment, we're talking about Rosh Hashanah, Bible prophecy, if if we don't experience the final judgment, there's still a lesser judgment. There's a greater and a lesser. And God put Rosh Hashanah on the calendar and the whole fall holiday season, Elul, the 30 days of Elul, Rosh Hashanah, uh, Yom Kippur, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, uh, It's uh, an annual judgment. What people never realize is that in Leviticus 23, uh, God calls the feast... My feasts, they're not just Jewish feasts. Yes, they are. And we respect and honor the Jewish people for preserving that for uh, 3,500 years or however long that was. 
But uh, in addition to that, uh, they're my feast, but he calls them holy convocations. Now, what the heck is a holy convocation? We've made up what a holy convocation. Welcome to this holy convocation this morning. Holy convocation in Hebrew means divine rehearsal. Divine rehearsal. So the Bible holidays are on God's divine calendar so that we rehearse certain things. Amen? And at this time, God's saying it's a time of judgment. And so the shofar is God's alarm clock wakes us up. Oh my gosh. I haven't been doing everything I should have been doing, Lord. I'm going to get that right. I'm glad I did all these things right. I'm going to keep on doing more of what, I'm, uh, uh, what I was good at. But these areas, oh, i got to get to work on that. And so, good or bad, it's just based on are you taking care of business? Are you doing Bachman-Turner overdrive stuff? Taking care of business. Look out! There's an earthquake coming. Amen. So, Rosh Hashanah, thank you, Brother Andy, foreshadows God's big picture of the rapture. The term rapture in uh, uh, the Greek means to seize, to catch away, to catch up, to pluck, to pull, to take by force. We'll just leave it there. Just prop it up on the bottom there. And uh, I appreciate that. So, it's a form of judgment. Those who are caught away are being judged favorably. Those who miss the rapture are also being judged, but their judgment is a punishment for closing their hearts to the gospel. So when we teach about the rapture, We've got to realize that this isn't Christ's return to earth when he sets up his eternal kingdom, his heavenly kingdom. That's Yom Kippur. That's the second coming. Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. That comes seven years into the tribulation. When we have been raptured, we're now part of the army of God. We have divine assignments. Some are privates, some are generals. Some are captains, lieutenants, colonels, majors, you know. And a lot of that assignment is based on what you did down on the ground while you're still around. If you've been uh, uh, turning two talents into five, five talents into ten, wow, promotion time. But if you've been hiding your talents... Been too busy shopping on QVC. You know, none against QVC. I've never bought a thing from it, but I'm sure it makes people happy. But yeah, so we come back, army of God, and we defeat the enemies of God at what's called the Battle of Armageddon. Who's ever heard of Armageddon? That's not the Bruce Willis movie. That's the battle between good and evil. And it happens in Israel over Israel. Most people don't realize that the battle of Armageddon is fought over whose land does Israel belong to. 
Does it belong to what the UN says? <laughs> or does it belong to what the Bible says and what God says? Yeah. So at that point, the devil is captured. He's bound in unbreakable chains, thrown in the lake of fire for a thousand years, while we rule and reign with the Lord on earth for a thousand years. Now this is mind-boggling, but it's going to happen. It's all history in advance, folks. It's history in advance. And so uh, when we enter into that thousand years, that's the time of... Uh, unlimited peace, unlimited joy, unlimited prosperity, and we're ruling and reigning on planet earth, building the kingdom of God. And we could go into a whole lot more then. We just don't, uh, most people think we're, we become cupids, where we just uh, get a harp and a cloud and you're floating out in the universe somewhere for all of eternity playing your favorite tunes. Not how it happens. So the rapture, two stages. Uh, the, the first stage is that catching away, and the second stage, seven years later, uh, is uh, the second coming. And so uh, those who are left behind, seven years of tribulation. God pours out His wrath on people, and that's what the book of Revelation is all about. Revelation is almost like uh, you're watching how Jubilee works. It's the great Jubilee, where the people have been in bondage to people that aren't so nice. And all of a sudden, God is saying, you know what? The time has come where everything reverts back to me. I am the creator. It all belongs to me. I've delegated this uh, to you throughout these 6,000 years or whatever it is. And now the jubilee is happening. And those that have followed me and loved me and worshipped me and served me, you're coming back to me. The world is coming back to me. My creation is coming back to me. And we're moving forward into a thousand-year rule and reign of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. At the same time, during the tribulation, there's another crowd. The atheist crowd, the antichrist crowd, the lawless crowd, lawless meaning Bibleless crowd, Torahless crowd. And they're trying to create chaos and confusion and destruction in the hopes of setting up a one world government. One world government. One world economic system, one world religion, all under the rule of the elites. What we see happening in our world today, even though there's this rope-a-dope thing going on, where people are trying to think it's Republican versus Democrat, or they're trying to think it's black versus white, or America versus uh, Central America, and the immigration, all these All of that is a smokescreen. There are right ways and wrong ways to handle all of that, and process all of that, and so on and so forth. But really... It comes down to the haves and the have-nots. That's the real goal. And there's only going to be a couple haves, and you and I ain't that. 
You ain't in the in crowd. No matter what Ramsey Lewis might have played on his piano, you ain't part of the in crowd. And so what's evolving and the birth pangs uh, that we see right now are building towards the rule of the Antichrist during this tribulation period and this desire to have a one-world centralized government with a one-world centralized economy and a one-world centralized religion. And if you don't bow down and bend down to that, then you are in deep, deep trouble. And that's why the book of Revelation shows us that there's all kinds of martyrs that arise during the tribulation period and appear before the throne of God. And they are praised because it's going to take a lot of courage to stand against that system uh, during the tribulation. But uh, there will be revival, and especially people wonder, well, what's God going to do with Israel? Have you ever heard of the 144,000? Don't take Michael Jackson's interpretation of what that means. Okay, humor me by smiling. Oh, yeah, I remember Michael Jackson and all of the Jehovah Witness theology and blah, blah, blah. No, the 144,000 are Jewish evangelists. Then there's two witnesses. Moses and Elijah could be Enoch and Elijah. We can debate who that actually is. But whoever it is, they are powerful spokespersons for God and His only begotten Son, Yeshua. And they will testify in Jerusalem. And the 144,000 will go into all the world and preach the good news. There will be revival, but it will come at a different price than what it comes for you and I. The price we pay for serving God is a lot different than some of our brothers and sisters in foreign lands and what will happen during the tribulation. So thanks be to God that for whatever reason, God chose you, God chose me to be born in the second nation that was founded as one nation under God. Where all that blessing, all of that freedom, all of that liberty, all of those First Amendment rights that the government can't tell you how to worship, they can't silence you for worshiping, they can't tell you church is non-essential, and then you go through the rest of it. But that's the number one thing. And so thanks be to God for our founding fathers. In fact, uh, just a paid Christian announcement uh, beginning the first Wednesday of October, the, the night that Yom Kippur ends, we'll be meeting right back here on that Wednesday night, you and me, and I'm going to introduce a series uh, on America's heritage. And with the help of the renowned historian, Christian historian, David Barton from Wall Builders Ministry, we're going to show some of his DVDs. We're going to examine the roots of America, how it was founded. And uh, it's going to be an exciting four weeks. So come and join us if you can. They, they'll meet here this coming Wednesday uh, with Pastor Wanderson and then next Wednesday uh, that following Wednesday with yours truly. 
Amen. So there's a new world coming. When you die, you just don't go into a pine box and uh, that's it. There's life after death. And there's a resurrection coming. Well, how do you know that? How do you know it doesn't happen like that? Well, what makes you so sure? What makes you so sure it doesn't happen? You have faith in the negative that it won't happen. I have faith in the positive that the Bible is yes and amen, and uh, it's going to happen the way God said it. Either side takes faith. So, with this new world, there's going to be one for the saints, one for the sinners. So, whatever you think about uh, Billy Joel and his song, The Sinners Have Much More Fun, uh uh-uh. No, they don't. And at Judgment Day, then the fun and games they thought they had will be over. That's why we need to consider sinners not our enemy, but our goal. Especially in our family, you know. We just can't throw the book at them. Those of us that are saved by grace (laughs) can't throw the legalistic book at our sinner family and mock them and harass them and chide them and show signs. Turn or burn! (laughs) It's the goodness of God. And for all the... Uh, Men in your family, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So, (laughs) sweeten them up. (laughs) Little cheese Danish. (laughs) Little Thanksgiving meal. Right? Some uh, carrot cake or whatever. And uh, love them into the kingdom. God loves you so much. I love you so much. Amen. Amen. So, uh, many obvious signs taking place, telling us the Lord is at hand. But for Christians, it's not going to be a surprise event. People that have eyes to see, ears to hear, serving the Lord, taking care of Father's business, uh, God's not coming like a thief in the night for you and I. He's coming as a thief in the night for those that are playing fast and loose with the facts. Right? They got one foot in church, but they got the other one on an oil slick. Right? And so, uh, Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. Uh, This ties into what we're going into with Rosh Hashanah right now in that Rosh Hashanah is celebrated for two days. And uh, so we don't know the day. And uh, within that time, a lot of hours, we don't know what exact hour it officially uh, is nightfall. And we welcome in uh, the next day, we welcome in uh, Rosh Hashanah. But this is all meant to keep us on our spiritual toes so we don't get lazy and apathetic and just kind of go through the motions. You're not going through the motions. There's no way you're getting up that early. (laughs) and drive all that way here on a Sunday morning for Torah study and then stay for church too? You ain't going through the motions. You're addicted to Jesus on fire for God and God has a big, big blessing for you because of that. 
Amen? So, one day we're going to experience all of this. Hallelujah. And I thank God we'll be part of the number of the saints that go marching in. So, as we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, as we blow the trumpet in Zion, as we awake from any spiritual slumber, as we examine ourselves and make sure that we've got our Christian bucket list, right? Jack Nicholson, Morgan Freeman gave you a nice bucket list if you saw the movie. Good, good movie, fun bucket list. But you need a Christian bucket list. That everything that uh, I need to be doing to build the kingdom, what goes on that list? Amen. And that shofar sounding these 40 days from Elul 1 to the Day of Atonement reminds us, I better take care of that list. There's lots of lists. There's a honeydew list. There's a home improvement list. There's a list at work, a bigger list at work if you're Tamara. Pastor Scott keeps giving me all of these things to do. And she does such a magnificent job. Uh, So thank God for Tamara. But, uh, uh, and so we, we get about doing all of that and we're positioning ourselves to hear well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Well done. That's not how you order your steak. That's what Jesus says. (laughs) Because you had your list of to-dos for the Lord, not just for Jeff Bezos or your boss, although some of that is okay. Amen? And so, as we uh, close today, there's still time tonight, The trumpet's going to blow. Could it be uh, the sound of the last trumpet or the last trump? Not Donald Trump. The last trump. God's trump. And there's still time, even today. Uh, Your kind kind works, your good deeds, your steadkah. Uh, is a symbol and a sign to God that, you know what, Lord? I really do need to teshuvah in some areas. And I'm going to sow towards my destiny. I'm going to sow towards my future. Take this $50. Take this $100. Take my best offering uh, at the new year. And I'm sowing it towards my destiny and future. And so much of it is wrapped up in you, Lord. And I thank you for it. Amen. That's how you stay ready, folks. That's Rosh Hashanah. That's the rapture. That's Bible prophecy in a nutshell. And so if you're ready to go into the new year full of joy and peace and wisdom and prosperity, give the Lord a great big hand clap.